Hi, I'm Harvey Wade, founder of Innovate21, an entrepreneur and longtime innovator with many organizations across many industries. I will be your guide in this innovation podcast mini series. This series is aimed at everyone, whether you're running a practice, working in a practice, studying, or just interested in innovation. I'm going to be sharing some stories to help bring innovation to life and to enable you to really think how that applies to you. This series has six episodes, each covering a different yet important innovation aspect. We'll be looking at diverse mindsets, innovation as an enabler, being near and far-sighted, navigating environments, creating supportive cultures, and being action-orientated. I'm hoping that in about 15 minutes, I can give you tools and guidance on how you can make innovation happen or happen more often in your own world. Any tools I mention, we posted on the Viva Innovation site. And if you have any questions, then please do contact me directly by email. This episode is entitled, Creating Supportive Cultures. What outcomes and behaviors are needed to create an innovative environment? Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So said Peter Drucker, and it's so true. We've talked a lot in these previous episodes around strategy. We've also talked about diversity. We've talked about taking a portfolio approach and overcoming barriers. But what it comes down to is that innovation is a people-based activity. And one of the things that is so vital in this is understanding how you work with people, how you work with people to get the innovation that actually you need. And we are not just making up a strategic imperative. We are not looking at doing something because we think we should. We are here trying to improve lives. We're trying to improve the way people are living. And so innovation is not just a set of tools or processes or maybe some good plans. It's actually a behavior. It's actually getting people to think and act in a different way. And so that takes a real mindset change. And what we are starting to do is to move into culture, is to move in the area of this is the way that we do things around here. That's often what culture is thought about. It's the way when you walk into an organization or you go into a business, you can kind of feel the way that they do things. And it's kind of very nebulous and you sometimes find it very hard to define because it's not always consistent. And one of the things that you have with innovation is you cannot ignore the culture. You cannot ignore what people think. You cannot ignore the history of how they've learned to think like that. And this all has to come to play in the way that you think about innovation within an organization or within a business. So what I really wanted to do in this podcast was to really start exploring what behaviors are going to be needed to create that different culture that is more supportive of the innovation that you need in your organization. We're going to explore six behaviors 
And these behaviors are probably not behaviors that you would find in your normal performance review or competency framework if you're familiar with any of those types of things. And that's because innovation is often around challenging the way things are done. And it's often around bringing new ways, new thoughts, new things into play. And performance reviews are very much looking at what you do every day. The fact that you're listening to this podcast series makes me think that you're probably doing some of these behaviors already. So let's explore these six behaviors. The first behavior is curiosity. You're probably curious because you're listening to this podcast. What's Harvey going to say next? Sometimes even I don't know. <laughs> but one of the things I would say is as children, we are very curious. The world is new. We don't know what's happening. As we become older and more experienced, we know what's going to happen. Do we? What I would encourage you to do to really encourage innovation is to explore different ways of thinking, different ways of acting, and how do different people do it to you. It's back to that diversity thing. It's about sort of encouraging your different thinking, but it's about not knowing what's going to happen when you do a certain thing. Obviously, don't be unsafe in it, of course, but you can increase the curiosity and the way that you are curious by just listening to different type of music you weren't listening to on different radio stations or by reading different types of books by reading about different types of people who are completely different from you and all you are doing is learning about some curiosity and often you can't do lots with that but actually it all gets stored up and at some point it will be useful so find a way of staying curious remember the Alice in Wonderland curiouser and curiouser just allow yourself to be open-minded on that front. The next behavior is risk-taking. Our world today is often very safe and we know what will happen when we do certain things. But we also can surprise ourselves. And what I would say is you need to be putting yourself in more times when you're going to be taking a risk. That might be a risk with a career choice it might be a risk with what you do but again it's kind of linked to curiosity but it's not stopping yourself being fearful as an innovator if you're fearful it can really stop you exploring what are some great opportunities because you ask what if a little bit too much and you answer it with a negative mind frame so start to think about how can I take more risk? How can I stretch and take more risk? I don't want to kind of jump off a cliff, but how could I maybe explore what's stopping me? This is a very personal perspective for everyone. Everyone has a different perception of what risk and what risk means to them and what they're willing to take. So just be realistic with what risk you want to take and how you could go about that. The third behavior is it's linked again to that, but it's stepping out of your comfort zone. Especially when you have a career and you're known for a certain expertise, you can start to really live into that. 
and you don't want to do anything that could destroy that reputation. I would encourage you to think about how you could stretch your comfort zone, how you can put yourself in positions where you will grow and develop and learn because you've stepped out of your comfort zone. And I'm sure you've heard about that before and you've learned many leadership courses, but I'm finding when people are unwilling to step out of a comfort zone, even to explore it, maybe not doing anything, but to talk about it, they can be very resistant and that can make it very hard to come up with new ideas, new ways of looking at things. So just push yourself, challenge yourself, and as you step out of your comfort zone more often, it becomes easier to do and your comfort zone gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The fourth one, and I'm sure you are brilliant at this, is being customer focused. You know, you guys are on the front end, uh, seeing customers, seeing patients, animals, obviously, of course, um, every single day. You know what people are wanting, what people are needing. But you'll be surprised as you sometimes move up in an organization, you can lose the touch with customers. You can lose what they're thinking. You start to work go on what you used to know. You start to work on what I'm sure was relevant a couple of years ago. And you need to stay in contact with what your customers are telling you. The other aspect is if you just look at customers, you're kind of missing a huge swathe of people. Why don't people come to you? Why don't people use your products, your services? Why are they using somebody else's? If you don't explore other potential customers or your non-customers, as some people would say, you might find that you are becoming irrelevant to a big chunk of people. So find out how you can get into those areas that just aren't using your services or your organization and find out why. So let's move on to the fifth behavior, which is being passionately dissatisfied. Why I love that. You care enough about the organization or about the business you're in to do something about the crap. You do not just complain. You do not just moan, but you go, okay, I'm going to moan, but I'm actually going to get on and do something about this. And there are enough people out there who moan but there are not enough people out there who care enough to go through the hard miles to actually make this stuff better you are like gold dust so just really try and build up what are you really passionate about and what do i really want to see working better and how can i put that my energy and myself into making that better fantastic people Get more people like that and you will create a fantastic movement. And then finally, something I'm sure you do in your career is you need to remain a continual learner. So don't just learn about the things that you have to learn for your career. Learn about what else is happening. Learn what up and coming generations are doing, what they're using, how they act, what they're interested in. Uh, look at you know technology. Look at um, your latest um, films that are coming out why would somebody be into that what are the and it's a phrase that often I can say now because I'm getting a bit old and decrepit but what are the kids doing what are the kids into learn what that is as well 
So those six behaviours, curiosity, risk-taking, stepping out of your comfort zone, customer focus, passionately dissatisfied, and continual learner. If you can encourage these behaviours in your organisation, boy, you'll make a difference. So how can you (laughs) encourage these behaviours? They're not something that most HR teams are looking at. And you really need to think about how these are rewarded and recognised. Because if somebody is recognised for standard behaviour and they are not recognised for being innovative and those six behaviours we've talked about, then why would somebody do it unless they're just like that? So one of the things that I find in an organisation and when you talk about innovation, you need to be thinking about how these are recognised and rewarded. And in my world, there's often a huge amount of focus that gets played on innovation outcomes, successful ideas, things that you've done really well. And that's fantastic. However, we know with innovation that that not everything succeeds. So if you just reward for innovation outcomes, those successful innovation outcomes, you'll get people playing it safe. You'll get people not taking and going after maybe those big things that nobody's ever done before um, to push the boundaries further. And you want people to be pushing the boundaries further because that's where you'll find some real interesting and fantastic ideas and obviously innovation so you must be rewarding behaviors as well an example of a company that's done this very well is 3m 3m are known for their innovation they invented post-it notes they invented a huge amount of things they have 55,000 products that they create every single year they have a really key metric in their organization that says that 30 percent of the revenue from a division must come from products that are less than four years old. That is just driving innovation forward. It's driving everybody to think, what is the next thing? What are the new things? What are the people looking for? So that's encouraging both the outcome and also the behaviors. And to have successful products, you also have to have unsuccessful products. You have to go through that whole process. There are other companies and organizations that are encouraging the behavioral aspect of innovation as well. Kellogg Business School, they have a clear perspective around how they remunerate their teaching staff. 70% of their remuneration is based on the student feedback that they get from the classes that they teach. 30% is based on what new things have you tried, what new things have you done this year. And so that encourages people to not only have excellence in what they deliver, but also to be constantly exploring what things are doing new. To have almost a third of your remuneration based on that exploration is quite rare. So an example of this, uh, a business professor was teaching a class, try something new in terms of how he was teaching his students. His feedback was not as strong as it used to be, but he got full credit on the new things that he was doing and that enabled him to build an even better class the next year. There are also organizations that have an equal weighting between what somebody delivers and how they deliver it. And if you have anything like that, bring innovation behaviors into your how. Bring it into not only what have you done this year, well done, 
but how have you done it? And as soon as you bring in how you can bring in other behaviors that are fantastic as well, collaboration, how you've been curious, how you've learned, how you've been focused on the customer, all those kind of things can start to come through. And people go, actually, if I behave in this way, I will get recognized and rewarded for it. As soon as somebody feels that, well, I could act in that way and I know I should because of innovation, but there's nothing in it for me, they will struggle to do that. They will feel hindered. Their managers will find it hard to give them recognition for what they know is maybe fantastic performance, but it's not kind of in the list of things that I can tick off. And they're just hampered by the system. You may have to change the system. You might not have the authority to do that. So that's when you need to be courageous and you need to start suggesting to the people that do have that authority that this is what's needed within the organization. When you do recognize innovative behavior, you need to recognize it very overtly and pretty loudly. If this is something that is not done and it's behavior that you want others to do, you want to reward and recognize really loudly in the organization uh, remembering you're trying to change a culture you've got to show how this has made a difference and you've got to shock the culture into thinking in a different way so just really consider what is going to make a difference what will make people stand up and listen and what could create that positive envy um, well why are they getting all the credit well because they've tried something new and this is what they've done oh can I get that? Yeah, sure. Go try something new. Go try do something else. Oh, okay. Got it. So by recognizing that behavior, you start to create the culture that you need that will start to support the innovation that you have to drive for your organization. And as we said before, you can have the fantastic strategy, but if you don't have the culture that supports that strategy, you're not going to get anywhere. So this brings us to the end of this episode. And just in summary, culture is the way things are done around here. So just think about that when you are working in your organization. Explore what those innovative behaviors should be for your own organization and what you need to drive out. Encourage both innovation outcomes and behaviors. Just be really clear about how you will do that. And when you do give recognition, make sure it's loud to really start changing the culture into what you need it to be. In the next episode, which will be the final episode of this series, please don't be too sad, we'll be putting all those episodes together and considering how you establish a successful and sustainable innovation program. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, then please do email me at harvey at innovate21.co. Love to hear from you. In the meantime, look after yourselves and see you next time. Mm-hmm.